You're listening to Between the Reads, a bi-weekly podcast that shines a spotlight on books by new and recently published authors. I'm your host, Audra Russell. Are you looking for a good read? Tired of being disappointed by trending books that don't live up to the hype? Maybe you're an aspiring author and feel like giving up on your writing? Stay tuned, book lovers and writers alike. This show is for you. Chelsea Lockhart is a 20-something writer of romance who dibbles and dabbles in fantasy and dystopian. The genre can change as long as she's exploring relationships and what it means to have a connection with other people. She has been writing since she was 14, and it's what she loves to do. Keeping Promises is the first of many books she plans to write. Aside from being a writer, Chelsea is the owner of Written in Melanin Publishing, a company she created to help bring awareness to Black authors and to provide a path to getting their books published. She also hosts the Melanin Chat on the Written in Melanin YouTube channel to discuss things as it pertains to books and writing and interviewing authors. She also has a private community where she networks and connects with other authors to grow in the craft together. She has strong addictions to coffee, laughter, and words in every form, books, music, podcasts, subtitles on anime, it doesn't matter. She twilights as Mrs. Otaku on the I'd Rather Anime podcast, a podcast that she hosts with her husband, where they rant about anime that they watch just because they enjoy being nerds together. They've been married five years and live in Dallas, Texas with their dog, Alphonse Elric. She was once told that she's the tornado in The Wizard of Oz, and it's one of the best compliments that anyone has ever given her. Chelsea Lockhart, welcome to Between the Reads, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like a little kid, and for y'all who don't know, it's like 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We were not supposed to do this until 6, and I went to my DM and was like, Chelsea, you ready? Because I'm ready. I'm going to do this. And she said, yes. I stay ready. So here we are, y'all. And this is the most special episode of Between the Reads. And I'm calling it Read It Black to Me because we're going to get down, y'all, with the Black authors and the Black books and the Black everything. You ready? Yes. (laughs) All right. So the first thing we're going to do, we're going to take care of some business. And you know what I'm about to get into it with you about. So let's talk about your book, Keeping Promises. Tell us, first of all, where the inspiration for that book came from. Okay. So the inspiration for Keeping Promises actually came from, like, I was a senior in high school and I was coming up on that, like, I guess, end of an era type feeling, you know, when everybody's walking around singing, you know, we've come to the end of the road and it's just like, oh, okay, great. And (laughs) I was just thinking like, okay, what it, what is it going to be like when I see these people again in 10 years, you know, after college or we come back for our reunion, you know, um, at the time I hadn't met my husband yet. And so some of the people that I had, you know, I'm going to say lightly dated because I wasn't really dating in high school. It was more like, oh, you're cute. I kind of like you. You kind of like me too. Great. Let's go to the football game together. And then like that was it. And we never talked to each other again. <laughs> so... <laughs> But it's just like, you know, those really immature feelings, right? And I was just like, what happens like in 10 years when we're like actually adults? And it's like, mm-hmm. if I saw you again and like I'm single and you're single, like what maybe what happened? And so that's kind of where like the idea for it came from. Like we have these friends who've known each other forever and you know what happens when they see each other for the first time in like how many every years and 
you know, they still have feelings for each other. Do they act on them or do they let it go? Like, will they, won't they? I don't know. So that's kind of where the idea came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because let me tell y'all what she did. So in the span of 185 pages, Miss Chelsea took us through the relationship of Jason and Camry from elementary school to high school and then five years after high school. And they go from being like the first friends in elementary school to being best friends to it evolving into a romantic relationship to some drama happening. And I'm going to leave it there because I don't want to spoil it because I want everybody to get just as mad as I did when they read the book. (laughs) And I'm real mad at you for making me like Jason, by the way. That's just how it is. Uh Uh-uh. No, no, don't go. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Don't. Ah, it's just how it is. Don't give me that mess. No, no. So tell us why you decided to do this story from both characters' point of view. Because I'm trying not to spoil anything, but in the beginning, we see Cam and Jason have this beautiful friendship, and it evolves naturally into this love that's based on friendship. And we think that he's this wonderful guy. And then stuff happens, and you kind of slam people with, but no, he really wasn't that wonderful. So why write it from both? Why couldn't you just let me hate Jason? Why why'd you have to write it from both people's point of view? <laughs> Okay, so it had to be from both people's point of view because I felt like telling it from just Cameron's perspective was not enough because, like you said, you kind of want to hate Jason after Mm -hmm. a while because, Mm -hmm. I don't know, to me that just felt like authentic. Like you meet somebody and you think they're amazing and great, you have great chemistry and you're just kind of like those rose-tinted glasses on and it's fantastic. And then like life, right? Mm -hmm. And you're just like, hmm, maybe not. But one of the things that I just really enjoy doing is just like there's always more than one side to a story, you know, and Camry has her rose tinted glasses on for a long long time, time. Mm -hmm. a long time. And there are some things that she just doesn't know. So she doesn't know the reasoning behind the incident and she doesn't know why Jason did what he did. But, you know. Jason knows. And so that's kind of guiding his actions of why he's asking to meet up with her for after, you know, not speaking to her for five years and why she's been avoiding him. He's just kind of like, we used to have this thing and it was great. And I kind of messed up, but like, let's talk about it. And she doesn't know that, but I don't know. I just felt like it'd be rude for you to not know. You hear my tone. You hear my tone, right? (laughs) I mean, I could have left it out and you could have just been like in Camry's position, like, bro, what happened? Like, I want to know. Mm, mm, see, that had gone down. I ain't going to tell y'all what he did to her, but I'm going to say this. If that was me, there wouldn't have been no meeting at no coffee shop no five years later. And when that brother would have <laughs> sent me an email talk about, hey, can we? No, I'm not like what? the flames that would have come in the email response to him. Would it just been like, he'd been like, okay, well, let me just pack my shit and move on because this sister is not going to give me the time of day right. again. Ever. It's like, maybe this wasn't the best idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, 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 no. That just would not have happened. And I hate that you you came because it was, it's just like you said, it's like she had these rose colored glasses on. And I thought that like he was this wonderful person who was just a little bit of a jerk sometimes. But no, then she like drops the bomb and was like, he did this, he did this, he did this. He did. I'm like, where did this come from? This wasn't in the, what happened? What? what happened? 
happened? Like, what happened? The things that you were willing to overlook when you're just head over heels in love with somebody. Like, oh, in hindsight, is like 2020. Like, oh, there were signs. Maybe I just missed them. Hmm. Yeah, that's. And so you said you have, you like gave me them little eyes in DM. You have a second book coming out. And I read the little preface to the second part. And it's called Breaking Promises. I know you ain't fitting to make him break her heart again, right? I can neither confirm nor deny that at this current moment of time. <gasps> Chelsea, <laughs> come on. I mean, you really gonna, after all that, and then, I mean... Let's just be objective for a moment, right? Because they're like in their 20s and they've had this really up and down relationship for a long time, right? And then they get back together mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like, you know, maybe things need to be actually talked about a little bit, you know, and really? figure some things out, you know, maybe it'll work, but maybe it won't, you know, it's, it's more about like, being an adult about things versus just running high off of emotions and nostalgia i'll say but in between that um hopefully this Mm -hmm. is july we're july 1st right now so Mm -hmm. hopefully by i'm gonna say september i have a book coming out that's actually in between keeping promises and breaking promises that's called casualties of war ah I know what that was probably going to be about. That's about her best friend that she cut off when they broke up, right? Yep. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So I know that one's going to be. I know that one's going to be lit because I know it's going to be some discussions that's going to be had and that. Yes. Yeah. I was like, why she cut her off like that? I mean, that's. I understand that you were. She reminds you, but that's your best. You know, that's like, your best friend, though. Like, how you gonna do that? That's messed up, right? Right. 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 You yeah. know, like she'd be the one to like hold you together, you know, after you break up and be like, it's going to be all right, girl. And, you, and she just cut her off like completely. I, I That floored me when I read that. I was like, really? She cut her off? Yeah. Oh. And that was honestly one of the one of my favorite things to write about Camry, because like, even though I write her, like she comes from a place in my mind where I'm just like, oh, my God, you are so annoying. Why would you do this? <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time, it's just kind of like, you know, she's very, um, she's very volatile. She's like left, right, like, you know, it's like kind of like when you're driving on a video, those video games in the arcade and you're driving and you don't really know what you're doing. And then you start to go off the road. So you swerve really hard to the right. And then that just creates a bigger problem. So you swerve really hard to the left type thing. She has that kind of personality. Now, see, I don't get that from her. I think she's, I think she was just under this brother's influence for so long and he dogged her out. I don't think she's really that way. She, that's my girl. You talking about my girl now. She was cool. (laughs) She was cool. Especially when she hauled off back to the motherland and slapped the shit out of him. I was like, yes. Yes. That was so satisfying. When I tell you that I literally heard the echo in my head when she slapped him, I was like, ooh, that, like, my face got warm. I felt that. I was like, woo, go ahead, girl. Like <laughs> but yeah, she's not, you can't be talking about her like that. She, Camry's a good girl. She, she just, is. She's very, she's very emotional and very driven by her emotions. And that's why I love her, but also, like, why she's kind of annoying. Not even a lie. Because I'm like, girl, 
He cut off everybody? Everybody. And we just disappeared into the ether. Okay. I love it. Yeah, that that yeah, that was kind of messed up though. I, I didn't that that I had to stop for a minute. I was like, wow, she really cut off her best friend like that. I mean, like you've known this girl since elementary school. Cause if I honestly, if I was her best friend, I can't what's I can't remember her name. Give me her Michelle. name. What's her? Michelle. Yeah. Michelle. If I was her, if I was if I was Michelle, I'd have been like, you know what? That's all right. If she tried to come back to me, I'd be like, nah, no, because you cut me off when that fool bounced you bounced on him and he was doing all that I was supposed to be the one to be there to pick you up and you just cut me off too see I wouldn't even be forgiven I have to you know because I'm petty like that so I want to read that book I want to read the in-between one I I really hope you enjoy it because I like writing okay let me be honest I loved writing Camry and Jason because when I was writing it it just came from a very genuine place at the time that I was writing it. Mm -hmm. And I really, but I loved writing Michelle and Camry Mm -hmm. more only because Michelle is, I guess, more how I would react if that was, if I was in her position. Mm -hmm. And so it was really fun to get like, to write their dialogue and, you know, their interactions Mm -hmm. coming up. So like, I cannot wait to like share that, especially because there are a couple of people who are like, so like what happened? (laughs) after after this so there are a couple of blanks that will be filled in in the next mm. book okay and you said it's coming out in september that is the plan as of right now yes okay okay i expect i expect to see it i expect to see it because <laughs> i got i gotta see what happens between these two i really do i really do yes so yes go ahead you got something you want to say mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to get into some more good stuff. Chelsea, you are the owner of Written in Melanin Publishing. And you and I connected because your mission is much the same as mine for Between the Reads. And I'm going to take your quote from your website because I love it. Create a platform where writers and readers alike have a space to share the works of authors who wouldn't otherwise be found by the people searching for them. Yep. That is the mission. And that is why I started Between the Reads back in January for the same reasons. So what made you decide to create this platform? Oh, that's kind of a little question. I don't know, like living in America as a black girl who likes to read. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where for me... I have always really just loved to read. That's just kind of been my go-to since I knew how to. Like I was literally that kid in like the second grade reading at like a fifth grade level and asking the teacher if there were harder books in the library. And they would look at me like, bruh, like, can you not? Can you just like go sit down and read the Magic Treehouse, please? (laughs) You sound just like me. (laughs) So... And I just remember, like, I would read, like, Junie B. Jones and the Magic Treehouse. And then as I got older, you know, I just really got into, like, all of these series. And then I started reading, like, a little bit of everything. But the the common denominator between all of those books were none of those characters looked like me. And if they did, they were, like, mm-hmm. a side character who showed up for, like, all of, like, a chapter. And then we never heard from them again because they weren't the protagonist. They weren't going on the adventure. Whatever. Right. And so I remember distinctly, I was in a books a million with my mom and I found Waiting to Exhale and it was just like, oh my God, there are black people in this book. And it's just like all black people. And this is amazing. Ma, have you seen this? 
And she was like, I remember she looked at me like I was dumb. Like, we've seen the movie. What are you talking about? Like, I'm confused. And like, it was just so like, why has this door never been open to me before? And it just like started me on this mission of, mm-hmm. okay. Cause you know, waiting to exhale is like, um, middle-aged women who have like been married and like going through a different point in their lives that I was like at 13, 14. So my, after I finished waiting to exhale and I read like all of her other books, cause my mom actually had them on the shelf. They were just like behind all the other books that she kept buying. And so after I read all of those, I was like, I want to read books about black girls who are teenagers and like in fantasy and like, it didn't happen because mm-hmm. I was like, where are the books? And my librarian at my school was like, yeah, we mm-hmm. don't have nothing like that. And then like Barnes and Noble. Yeah, nah, we ain't got nothing like that. So it wasn't until like, you know, fast forward through life, through college and et cetera, et cetera. I'm in my, I'm like 23 and I'm starting to see, you know, more books come out of, you know, black girl fantasy. So you have things like, you know, the bells coming out and, um, a blade so black and a children of blood and blown blah blah blah, blood blah, blah, blah. And, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and people are actually talking about black girl fantasy and so I'm like dope but I'm like there has to be more than this and then you know that got me into like the whole world right. <laughs> publishing and what that really was like and I was like yeah no people are writing books I just couldn't find them because they weren't in a place where I could find them and so that's kind of where that came from I was just like you know let me, how do I say it? Be the change you want to see in the world is mm-hmm. kind of something that I live by. So it's just like, if I can't find these books, well, let me put myself in a position where I can make them available so other people can find them and so that mm. they are known and so that they are seen and so that it's not a, as I like to say, like a search and find, like you have to dig really deep and look really hard and do a lot of work to find a book. Mm-hmm. It's just more like, it's right there. It's on the bookshelf. Like my dream is just to have a bookshelf full of books like double stacked of Mm. just black authors Mm -hmm. of all genres of all types Mm -hmm. just I don't know because why why do we have to be relegated to like one section of the library to like one bookshelf to like five books during you know February during black history month Mm -hmm. exactly 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 and for how you felt as a kid think how I felt in the 70s being in the library and the only book there was roll of thunder hear my cry and I didn't even know that that was a series which I now have all the books and she just came out with the latest one in the series this this year or 2019 which I bought but that was it. I so I was like Judy Bloom, like Judy Bloom to mm-hmm. death. Like my librarian was like, you know, this is how old I am. They had the little cards that were that you slid in the back of the book and you took those out and you put your little name and your homeroom number and the librarian kept the card. She had six cards full of my name front and back. Oh, for geez. Judy Bloom. <laughs> To the point where she was like, I need you to find something else to read, Audra. And that's, I was like, you, I was like, well, do you have anything harder than this? Because, like, I'm not. Now, math was not my thing. But reading, I was like, yeah, can I have something harder? And she was like, listen, this is what we got. And, you know, I felt that pull. Like, there's nothing. There's this one book, Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. And it's like this struggling black family. And, you know, even though my parents weren't rich, we weren't dirt poor. And I just didn't, I didn't, I was like, this, I still don't relate to this. Like, I don't right. 
you know? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I am, I like, I, I feel your pain. Like, that's all that I really say is just like, yeah, the librarian that at my elementary school, she was, we didn't have the cards. We had computers, but it's because you're a baby. (laughs) Baby in the cradle. Whatever. (laughs) I have fun smacking my little book over and hearing a little, (laughs) okay. (laughs) But I remember her like, for me, it was the Magic Treehouse, and um, later on, it was the series of unfortunate events. She was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, look, I can't keep reserving all these copies for you. Like the other kids have to have something to read too. So <laughs> I'm gonna need to find something different. Okay, thanks." And I was just like, "That doesn't help me at all." And then, especially when I got to the right. fifth grade, because they didn't have any books higher than a fifth grade reading level at my elementary school, and I was just like, "I've already read all these. I read these like three years ago." <laughs> what (laughs) and so I'm like forever grateful to my aunt because she would always send me books and her whole thing and I guess part of it comes from her because like her and my mom both love to read and so she would send me books for like my birthday and Christmas and stuff and they would have black Mm -hmm. girls on the front so um like Mufaro's Beautiful Daughters she sent me that and um it was another book called The Skin I'm In and that book like mm-hmm. changed my life. It was like waiting to exhale because it had a, a girl my age on the cover. And I was just like, wow, let's do it. I'm in love. Where are the other books? Wow. She's like, that's it. And I was like, yeah. lies. There has to be more books. <laughs> <laughs> there are always more books. You sit on a throw of lies. Where are the books? Give them to me. I know they're out there. <laughs> somewhere we just haven't found them yet and no bookstore apparently carries them but they're out there i believe that yes yes they are yes they are it's it's crazy like i said see because like this is why i call you a baby because you're talking about the magic treehouse like that's what i read to my kids ah well see i can't do anything about that like my daughter is getting ready to turn 20 like you could be my daughter my little yeah. baby yeah I, and my, my oldest my, my, my oldest son is 24 so I mean really yeah, yeah. see what I'm saying you see what I'm saying but you still it makes me so lovable though <laughs> you are lovable <laughs> okay so unlike myself you are a publishing company so take our aspiring writers through the process of publishing a book with written and melanin. What do they have to do? And what are the services you offer? Oh, okay. Another little question. I love it. Okay. So right now, written and melanin publishing is very, very small because I like, I literally started it last year. Um, and so right now it's like a very like, I don't know, like a connection type thing because I'm trying to build the platform so that I can do everything Mm -hmm. that I want to do because there are a lot of things happening behind the scenes that I would like to make available and make happen. And so right now to... I'm happy. You're happy. I'm sorry. That is my Google device. It just means I'm talking to it. (laughs) (laughs) It just scared the crap out of me. I'm so sorry. I'm not editing that out either. <laughs> yeah. um. Why is Google 
question though. That's that's my thing. Like, why are you this like A and B? You see Honestly, your way out, it, Google. What is okay, the so side note? <laughs> we have a lot of Google minis throughout the house because we have a lot of smart life. <laughs> Sometimes it thinks it's, we're talking to it and it's, we're not. And it just pops up out of nowhere and it scares the crap out of me because I'm like here by myself most of the day. And I just hear this deep male voice behind me and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm about to be snatched. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on either. I was like, uh, that's a little crazy. He's saying, I'm happy you're what? happy. I'm like, why? What? Okay. I need questions. I have answers. and on point too okay um to answer the question uh to work with written melanin really you just have to talk to me and if we if we mesh and you, first of all let me stop right there if you are black and you want to publish with a written melanin right and we mesh and you're i feel like i could be successful at marketing your book because I, I'm the type of person where I'm not going to say that I can do something if I know for a fact that I can't. But as long as I feel like we we are on a good level and you really want this and you're willing to put in the work to make it possible because going with any indie publisher is a much different thing than going with a traditional publisher. It doesn't right. work the same. And mm-hmm. so as long as you are aware of that and what comes with being indie published and you're willing to put in the work and like work with me because it's a two-way street. It's not just like, okay, you hand me your book and then like I go out in the world and sell it. Right. It's a process. And if we mesh, then it comes to a place of, okay, what is your book about? You know, send me the first 50 pages. If I like that, then I'll ask you for the full thing. And if we mesh on that level, then it goes to, let me explain to you what to expect from working with me. And as long as you fully know what to expect from that, mm-hmm. then we can get to the point where we start talking about contracts. And then once that's signed, we move on to, okay, let's edit. What do you expect from your book? Like what type of goals do you have for your book? Because different people have different ideas of what success looks like for them. So for some people, it's like, I want to go to my public library mm-hmm. and I want to see my book there. For other people, it's, I want to be recommended by Oprah. And for other people, it's just like, I just literally want to see it in my hands and have a copy of it for myself. So depending on what your idea of success looks like, you know, we mm-hmm. come to an agreement and I let you know what I can and cannot do. I'm a very transparent person. So if you're like for me right now, like if your idea of success is you want to be on Oprah's show, like next to her and then leave there and go to Steve Harvey's show. I can't promise that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you I can promise that. Right. You know, but if it's something that I can do, then, you know, we work on making that happen, come up with a plan and we go through the process, you know, editing, getting the book cover together, deciding for that person, like, how do you want to go about your social media marketing? Because with an indie publisher Mm -hmm. or self-publishing as the author, you have to have a strong presence for that. That's not something that you can just hand off to somebody else to do. And then, yeah, go from there. So what are some of the goals that you you, you mentioned before um, Google interrupted us? You mentioned. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> you mentioned that you 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 have some plans in the works. What are your ultimate goals with Written in Melanin? Um, so the ultimate goal is honestly to just be a place where if you are looking for a book by a Black author, Written in Melanin comes up in the discussion. So um, one of the things that we just recently launched that is still kind of ongoing is we just launched the Melanin Library. So that is on Instagram and Twitter now, where um, basically on a daily basis, you can get a book recommendation of a book written by a Black author with a Black main character. Wow. They go in their self-published authors, their indie authors, their traditional published authors, there's romance, there's fantasy, there is... um, a little bit of like thriller, horror mixed in, there's mystery. So basically all types, you know, middle grade up to adult, you know, you have your PG stuff and then, you know, you should probably be 18 or over reading this, you know, but that's between Mm -hmm. you and the God. So (laughs) (laughs) just making people aware, like, okay, we are out here and we write everything and it's not just you know, about our pain. It's not just about our trauma. It's not just about one narrative. Like we write everything from A to Z and making people aware of that. Cause that's, like I said, that's kind of my purpose. I just want people to know, find the book that you are looking for, you know? Exactly. So you have, first of all, you, I'm okay. You have the melanin (laughs) chat channel. Mm Mm-hmm. And you have a YouTube channel. Now, you had a podcast called Written in Melanin that you ended in April. So let's start with that. Why did you choose to end that podcast? Because I got all excited, followed it on Spotify, and then went to the first episode I saw, and it was like, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, okay, that was short-lived. So what happened with the podcast? Okay, so the podcast, it actually just switched to formats. Um, So we still interview authors and do things like that. We just do it on the YouTube channel instead of only on the podcast. And that was more of, it's easier for me to be on one platform than to be on multiple different platforms and making sure that everything was updated. Um, Because Mm -hmm. as of right now, and when that decision was made, I have to do everything myself as far as like setting Mm -hmm. it up, recording it, editing it, making it available. And YouTube was just the right decision for other things that I had planned. So like we do the melanin chat, but the melanin spotlight is also on YouTube where you can once a week get, find out, find new books mm-hmm. to read, just like the melanin library. And there are also book reviews and book discussions mm-hmm. and things like that on the YouTube channel. So having one platform for everything was just kind of the best decision to make. Mm-hmm. And also my co-host switch over in that time. Okay. So Miss Cusino. Yes, the case. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love both Ashley and the case. They're both amazing and wonderful, and they have books coming out. The case is actually okay. published. She is going to be the first author published through Written and Melanin Publishing. Her book is coming out next year, and I'm really excited about that. Awesome. She and I meshed at a point where the podcast that kind of slowed down because life happens, right? And so um, Ashley and I had been mm-hmm. on a slight break. And it was just ultimately decided that we were going to go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, you know, this, this happens. And then the case and I meshed. And so we were like, okay, you know, let's do the melanin chat. And so that's kind of where that came from. Mm-hmm. And what's the difference between the melanin chat and your YouTube channel? Like? Um, the melanin chat is, it's, they're actually like one of the same. So the melanin chat is on the YouTube channel. It's just, a weekly segment that we do. So it's every Tuesday at 12 o'clock central standard time. 
and we get on and we talk about books we talk about writing we interview Mm -hmm. authors we just have a good time talking about like black literary things because there's not necessarily a space for that all the time and she's black i'm black we like to talk about black books and so we were like let's get together and let's do that especially since we're both writers we talk about the different struggles that come with that especially in you know our current societal environment with the protests and everything like we like to say that we're living in a history textbook right now because like when 2021 (laughs) comes around they're gonna be like so yeah in 2020 this happened Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be something that people learn about you know yeah Mm -hmm. so Okay, so so the melanin chat is something that happens within the written in melanin YouTube channel where you it's is that a smaller snippet from the from the regular show that you do the one that it, or is that I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. okay. It's 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 me. I know it's me. I'm hot. <laughs> I'm having a hot flash right now. See, this is menopause. This is what I'm talking about. See, you don't know nothing about that yet. I'm hot. <laughs> Okay, um, so you okay? So we have the Written Melanin YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and the Melanin Chat is just a live a live stream that we do on Tuesdays at twelve o'clock. Okay, so that you did, and then, you did say that earlier. Okay, mm-hmm. and then everything else that's on the channel is pre recorded. So gotcha. Um, I know that what we're doing isn't live. So same same thing, just with pictures. Okay, gotcha. See, I'm, I'm following you now. I'm following you now. Yeah. <laughs> We on the same page. <laughs> we on the same page now. <laughs> so I know you're dedicated to the mission of not only spreading the word about Black books, but publishing more stories written in our own voices. But, and I know that you said, you know, because you want to see that, but why take on that task? And don't tell me because you'd be the change you want to see in the world. I want to know why you're taking on this task because it's a large task. And it's, you know, in this publishing world where I believe the last statistic that I saw is that it's still in the traditional publishing world, something like 91% white authors, even in this day and age. So what you're taking on is a big task. So, so why do that? Why not just say, listen, I'm just going to tell you all about these books, but I'm not going to trying so why why do that mostly and <laughs> I, I try to be diplomatic most of the time but mostly mostly because I just I think I'm awesome and I can do it um <laughs> all right now um, I am very 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 extremely blessed to come from a family where I was raised that anything that I want to do and believe I can do I can you mm-hmm. know and if I don't do okay. it that's on me um and so I kind of take that to heart and also because of what you just said like it's 90 percent white and um i saw a statistic recently where it's like even the books with black main characters like in children's books not even half of those are written and or illustrated by a black creator so they're mm-hmm. so they've got a black main character in the book but they're written by a white author and they're illustrated by a white illustrator and mm-hmm. i'm just kind of like i'm just not for that um I very much have the mentality of, and I recognize that not everybody's going to agree with this, right? But it's, this is just who I am. I have the mindset of, I'm not going to ask to sit at your table. I'm going to build my own table and sit with the people who choose to pick up a hammer and build it with me. And it's Thank like- Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's just, I love you. That, I love you so much. 
I come from and I don't like I'm very rebellious in my spirit, deep in my heart. I don't like asking people for permission and I don't like it when people tell me what Mm -hmm. I can and cannot do. And so the idea when I, before Written in Melanin was Written in Melanin and I just wanted to write my book, the idea of having to find an agent and having to appeal to somebody else to convince them that I am worth giving a chance, that I am worth, you know, whatever they think I need to be worth to invest in me. And to like just having to appeal to someone's nature in that way Mm -hmm. and basically have to ask permission to do something that I have already done. Like I've already written the book. Like, why am I asking you permission to publish it? That makes no sense to me. So that's when I was like, you know what, I'm going to self-publish. And then as I was doing the research and learning how to do that, I was like, I got this. I can do this. And so when I was um, talking to some of the other authors that I met, they were just like, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. And I'm like, well, I know how to do it. I got you. And it just kind of evolved from me giving feedback and editing and things like that to, okay, I know how to do everything. I know how to do the editing. I know how to format the book. I know how to do the book covers. Um, I'm learning the marketing aspect of it. I know pretty much every aspect of it. And I'm like, okay, I got this. So like, let's make this happen. Let's Let's make this a publishing company. There's no reason not to. And because I do have this mission of not only do you need to know about these books, but there need Mm -hmm. to be more books in the world. Like I'm not the only person who that traditional publishing door would be shut for. So like, let's just, let's just knock down the wall and make a new door. You know, Mm -hmm. there you go. There you go. I, you are so identical. Because I, when I originally wrote my book that I'm working on getting published now, I went the traditional route. And I know my book was good, but people kept saying to me, it's good, but it's just not for us. And, mm-hmm. and the content of my book is it's a couple who buys this house that's um, haunted by the ghost of an enslaved girl. Ooh. And basically the theme is that this enslaved girl is trying to tell the owner something Mm -hmm. and ends up finding a familial connection between the ghost and the person who's owning the house now and it's kind of a like a getting our 40 acres and a mule type theme I like it with this plantation that somehow escaped being made into a you know a historic landmark that this black couple ends up buying so, of course, you know, when I sent it out to regular publishers, I even had an agent who was like, I want to read your book. And then she read it and then she was like, oh, this story's so good, but I just don't know that I can effectively represent what you're talking about here because it's not realistic that black people would own land that used to be a plantation. And I'm like, lies. Really? Okay, whatever. And that's when I just said, you know what, I'm going to publish this myself and I'm glad it didn't get published because I ended up adding more to it so the overall story stayed the same but it also changed like I added more beef to it because I guess maybe I just kind of got mad that people were trying to tell me no so mm-hmm. I totally get that you know and I think I think the trend is going to be that you're going to see most black authors because most of the black authors I've had 23 shows now mm-hmm. and almost every single author with the exception of maybe a few are independently published and a lot of them have their own publishing companies that they did their books through and I think that's the trend that you're going to see with black authors because we're just not going to ask for permission anymore 
Exactly. And the thing is, from my perspective, and also I, I say this because I am aware of how little life experience I have, especially as an adult, especially in this industry. So I don't like to come across as, ooh, I know everything, because obviously I don't. But from the people that I've interacted with and the things that I have seen and the things that I have you know, heard and learned, it's like the experience that you just described is not a unique one. Mm-mm. And that just kind of like really gets up under my skin because I'm like, well, why isn't that? Because clearly your agent thought it was a great story. Mm-hmm. You thought it was a great story. I just, I heard it and I thought it was a great story. I'm sure that people listening to this podcast in the future are going to think, oh my God, that's a great story. I want to read it. Mm-hmm. So it was like, who are these people to, to decide, okay, no one's going to want to read this or it's not realistic. And the fact that it's like, it was punctuated with black people buying property is not realistic. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. says who, since when? Right. But let's talk about why you think this is unrealistic mm-hmm. because that's not even, that's not even the truth. Right. You're just projecting your own biases mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> onto onto my book Mm -hmm. for no reason but the thing that gets me and that I find myself asking more often than not is okay if you were if you were a white woman and your main characters were white and they had gone bought a plantation with an enslaved black girl and had a familial connection would that have gone over Mm -hmm. better Mm -hmm. probably and (laughs) probably maybe and so (laughs) Although being, being being connected to an enslaved person, you know, a white person knowing that they might have some black blood in them, I don't know, they might, you know. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. But maybe not an enslaved girl, but like haunted by somebody who died in the right. house, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. But um, but I say all that to say that the fact that it comes up in conversation that you know if X, Y, and Z factors were different, mm-hmm. it would probably go over better, and that the only factor that would really need to be different is the race car right and that doesn't sit well with Mm -hmm. me because I'm like why like and I say this as well like you write books for who you are writing them for and not all the major audiences are white like exactly exactly I have opinions but I'll be diplomatic Ah, well, I'm not going to be diplomatic because this is my podcast and I say what the hell I want to say. And, you know, black people have had to ask for everything. We had to ask for things we shouldn't have had to ask for that should be our rights as citizens, especially since we built this country. And I, for damn sure, am not going to ask anybody to give me the permission to write my book. And especially since even if I got a traditional publishing contract, I still have to do the marketing. I still have to do all the legwork. So if I'm going to do all of that, then I want all the money. You're not taking part of my proceeds. Yes. And that's the thing. Um, Okay. Sorry. I get a little hype about this because it get makes hype, me so angry. Hype. And it's just like. I was like the whole hashtag on Twitter about publishing paid me and the pure, like absolutely ridiculous discrepancy between black authors who are signed versus white authors who are signed. It's just like, how can you imagine that this is even equivalent? How can you, how do you have us asking damn near begging you to be a part of this industry? And then even when we do, you don't even want to give us Mm -hmm. what we're worth. And then even when you do that, you don't even market our books Mm -hmm. appropriately so that they can sell to the people who are looking for them. And then you want to say that it's our fault. How is it my fault that you didn't do your job correctly? 
That makes absolutely no sense. And then you want to cut me short and you want to lump us all in together. Like we are like one singular Mm -hmm. black person and be like, okay, well, because this person's book didn't sell, then your book isn't going to sell. But then you have white authors who put, and I want to say this, and I say this with my whole chest, you put out trash books constantly. Thank you. And then you, but you're still getting paid like thousands Mm -hmm. of dollars to for the rights to this book and i like okay we've all been in a a grocery store Mm -hmm. a cvs and you see like a million Mm -hmm. books with you know by white authors that all look the same that tell the exact same story where if you were pressed with a gun to your head to say what is the difference between this book and the next four next to it you would not be able to tell the difference nope but when we create actually unique pieces of work Nobody wants to actually give us credit for that or acknowledge that we did it because the fact that I was like, I was following the hashtag and I was watching it and like, these people are getting paid like house payments for their books. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, bruh, $600,000. Do you know what I could do with $600,000? And then like black authors are not even getting like $7,000 for their books. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're a debut author and you're getting paid like forty five, fifty thousand dollars for the rights to your book and a debut black author is getting like three thousand. And then they're told that there's not enough money for it? Lies, bruh. Lies. lies. Get out. Lies. <laughs> Get Big out. time. For real lies. Like that's just it's just crazy to me. And then the other thing that also bugs me, and I'm not gonna mention black authors' names because I'm not trying to throw shade on them because they've they've made it into the big publishing world, but it's like they've gotten past the gatekeepers. And so now there's a certain set of black authors that you see on the book awards lists and on the mm-hmm. bestseller list. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And I have their books. And their books are good. But I'm just like, these are not the only people out here. There are plenty of people out here with great stories whose stories deserve just as much airtime as yours, which is why I started my podcast. Because I need for people to know that there are other books out there besides the mainstream authors Mm -hmm. that are out there. And, oh, I want to say their names, but I don't want people to think I'm throwing shade on my folks. So, but. (laughs) I, I feel you. That's because that's why. I, okay, so let me say this because I feel the same way as you. I am not trying to take away from anyone's shine. I'm not trying to take away from anyone's work ethic. I'm not trying to take away from anyone's opportunity or rain on anyone's parade. However, the fact that without even naming names, I know exactly who you were talking about. Mm-hmm. It's probably what books you see on what lists. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's always the same and it's infuriating. It's one of this, like I said, it's one of the reasons why. I wanted to do what I'm doing with the Melanin Library and why a lot of the authors on the Melanin Chat are indie published or they're self-published or Mm -hmm. they're, I think we've had two traditionally published authors on Mm -hmm. the Melanin Chat. And even then, one of those authors, her book still doesn't get any screen time, not nearly as much as it deserves. Mm -hmm. And that that just does not sit right with me because it's just like, these authors are blessed enough to make it past the gatekeepers. But it's like, also let's acknowledge the fact mm-hmm. that there is in fact a gatekeeper and it does not let everybody through. And once mm-hmm. their quota is met, it doesn't matter how good your book is. It's not making its way through. And I say this from a place of, I have, like I said, I've been reading my entire life. I love to read and I devour pretty much anything I can get my hands on. However, I have read mm-hmm. books by self-published authors, by indie authors that I'm like, and I've read books by traditional authors and I'm just kind of like, okay, why is this person indie 
and this person is traditionally published. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. see it. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that one is better than the mm-hmm. other, but sometimes there is a clear discrepancy between the two and you're just kind of like, mm-hmm. but how? And it's usually in my experience, and keep in mind that this is coming from a place of this is just something that I've noticed and I'm not saying it's a trend I'm not saying that it's fact I've noticed that when Mm -hmm. you have a book with a black main character who has a black love interest those books tend to be more indie published and self-published whereas when you have a black main character and a mostly white cast those books tend to be more traditionally published especially Mm -hmm. if the love interest is not black literally anything else other than Mm -hmm. black then Mm -hmm. those books tend to be traditionally published. And like I said, I don't know if that's a direct correlation or not. It's just something that I've noticed. But if it is, it's like, that's another thing where it's just like, but why is that a thing? You know, because that doesn't mean that one book is any better. And I'm, I'm of the mindset is like, both these books are dope. So like, you need to read both of them. You need to have access to both of them. You need to know about both of them. Which is why I love podcasts like, what you're doing and why I feel so strongly about people who read, who claim to read diversely. Um, I'm not going to rant, but it's just that that's something else that really gets up under my skin, especially on booktube and bookstagram and books, Twitter, when people are like, read diversely. Okay. But if you tell me to read the hate you give one more time, can you please, (laughs) cause I read it and I was like, okay, this is a good book, but the hype around that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. I love like, it. you amazing. She's wonderful. Okay. She's amazing. So is Jasmine Ward. But I don't, they're not the only ones. And there are a lot of books that are being skipped over mm-hmm. because these are the ones that the gatekeepers have let through. And like I said, no shade. They're great writers. I love their books. I have them on my shelf. But there are so many more. There's so many more. And I just and it's not just on the trending topics. Like I also feel like there's this cultural. It's the in thing now to be, you know, to recognize black authors. But there, at the same time, the gatekeepers are saying, "Okay, we're going to recognize black authors, but we're only going to recognize these." Right. And my thing is, I I'm going to be completely candid with you. I am skeptical. I don't believe it. And the reason I don't believe it is because it's just like you say this, but does that mean that you are actually going to pay black authors for their stories? Or does that mean you're just going to hire white authors to write about black main characters? Are you going to actually pay these authors what they're worth? Does that mean that coming out the gate, you're going to start offering them $30,000, $40,000 for their book because that's what they're worth? Or are you going to continue to offer them, you know, pennies compared to what you're offering other people? Because the mm-hmm. fact that so many authors of color, and I'm um, going say what I mean, so many black authors have to mm-hmm. continue to work full-time jobs and they have publishing deals, like through traditional mm-hmm. publishers, there's an yep. issue with that. You know, right. if you can't afford to support yourself with your work because like writing a book is not easy. It's work. It's hard. It's it, difficult. Yes, it don't do it. And mm-hmm. the fact that you don't want to pay them, like, are you going to actually change that? Are you going to change the fact that these award committees are filled with mostly white people or almost com- are a hundred percent white people who only recommend books by white authors? Like, are we going to address that or how marketing only appeals to white audiences? And if 
publishing says that they can't market your book, they're saying that we can't market it to our white audience. Is that right. going to change that narrative? Like, unless you're going to overhaul the system, you putting out a statement saying that, oh my God, we got caught. I'm so sorry. Does not make me feel any better. Mm-hmm. And which is mm-hmm. why I still feel passionate about what I'm doing and why I feel like written in melanin still needs to exist and why mm-hmm. it has to happen and why between the reads needs to exist and why everybody out here who is, and I, there are a ton of people, especially on bookstagram who authentically mm-hmm. read black authors. And I'm like, there's a mm-hmm. reason that this is still necessary because we're still surprised when we find each other. And that's a problem. Right. Exactly. Like when I go through, cause sometimes I just sit for hours and just scroll through hashtags looking for authors. And I found like two um, black authors who write horror who I've booked already for my October show. But I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't find, you know, horror authors. This is like so hard to find. I, I don't understand this, you know, and it's just like I know they're out. I know they're out there. I know they're out there, but it's so hard to find. And it's like you said, you got you got the the gatekeepers and they're writing. They're having white people write from a black perspective, which is just basically you might as well just put a white person up on the stage in blackface. Because you're doing the same thing. Yeah, um, that's actually something that we talked about over on the Melanin Chat recently. Because, you know, um, on Twitter, and that's, I guess, I'm not going to say Twitter. Twitter is kind of where I spend my time for social media, but it's like kind of okay. all over the place. But mm-hmm. the discussion is, should white authors be writing from, um, writing main, writing black characters as their main characters from their point of view? Mm-hmm. And... Everybody has differing opinions because one side of it is, oh, you're a writer. Of course, there are going to be times that you have to write outside of what you know, and it's okay to do that. And, you know, there's that stance. And then there's also the stance of, no, you shouldn't. Like, let people, let have, there's a reason why there's an own voices hashtag. Like, let mm-hmm. people write their stories authentically. Don't inject mm-hmm. yourself into it. And, my stance on it is no, like, don't do it. Like, no, like, just like I, as a black woman would not try to convince you that I authentically wrote an Asian woman living in Japan. Like, that's not my experience. Mm -hmm. I don't know nothing about that. Why am Mm -hmm. I trying to convince you that I can authentically write that story? Because no matter how Mm -hmm. much research I do, there are some things that I just will not understand. That's not the culture that I come from. So mm-hmm. it's like, but also like, why? Why wouldn't, if you wanted to read a book about a Japanese woman, why wouldn't you just ask a Japanese woman to write the book or read a book written by a Japanese woman? To me, exactly, that makes more sense. Same reason why I believe that if you are a white woman, like, please do not try to convince me as a black woman that you understand what it means to be a black woman in America and to write that narrative. Like, mm-hmm. can you do it? Yeah, no, you can't. No, you can't. You can physically, you can physically <laughs> sit down at a keyboard and do it, but should you do it? No, you shouldn't. No, Why no. Because I actually, I actually got into a Twitter conversation about that, where this one white woman had actually written this character, this black woman's character, and she was like it was something about and she played in my hair and and you know it just felt so good to me. I was like, see. I was like, and my quote was something to the effect of, um, you going to have a whole bunch of Karens out here getting their asses beat by black women because you're letting, you're 
letting these white women believe that it's okay to come up and touch a black woman's hair and that she's just going to sit there and let you do it. That's why you cannot write from the main character of a black person if you are white. You cannot do it because there is not a black woman in this world that will let a white woman come up to her, let anybody come up to her and touch her hair unless you are just you've been friends for life or this is your sister and even then we know how to approach it we're like oh can I touch your hair it's so pretty right oh yeah but that's somebody close to me you have to be within my sphere to ask to even ask me that I had a white person come up to me and try and touch my braids when I had got my hair freshly braided and she put her hand up and I was like do not even bring your hand close to my hair no. Well, I just want to touch it. I was like, I am not an animal in a petting zoo. How would you feel if I just walked up to you out of nowhere and put my hands in your hair? Would you like that? She was like, well, no. I was like, then why do you think it's okay for you to do that to me? And Well, I didn't think about it like that. Of course you didn't. Of course not. And that's the thing. It's like, but here's the thing. Like, If you were close to me, you would also know not to ask me to touch my hair. Like, right. <laughs> you That wouldn't even cross your mind for the most part. Right. And I, I said I said this before and I will say it again. You it you can do as much research as you want, but you as a white person will never know the level of fear that black people live with every day. Exactly. Walking in walking down the street in a nice neighborhood, like or going to school or driving your car or being and a cop comes up behind you and you start sweating because you're like oh my god what am I going in the same direction as a cop he's not even like pulling your tags you're both just making a left turn and you're like oh snap what did I do like Mm -hmm. you don't know that fear or having a husband a brother a son or whoever tell you hey I'll be back in a couple in like two hours and then like three hours pass and you're like okay did something happen and it's like, no, they just exactly. got in traffic, but like your mind goes to the absolute worst pace possible. Like if you, you don't, mm-hmm. you can't research how that feels on a day-to-day basis or how it feels to have lived with that for, you know, 25, 30, 40, how many ever years your main character is, you know? Mm-hmm. And you, exactly. you will never know what the conversations are like behind closed doors. Just like I, as a black woman, will never know what white people talk about when it's just white people around. You as a white person mm-hmm. will never know what black people talk about when they're just black people around. You can't be a fly mm-hmm. on the wall in those scenarios. And it's just like, exactly. you try to write that and there's a nuance and um, an understanding that comes with that that mm-hmm. is put into a book when it's authentic. And when it's not authentic, it's not good. It's not interesting except for the other people who are looking for that inauthenticity. It's like why exactly. we as Americans love Chinese food. That's not what Chinese people eat. They don't cook like that in China. Right. It's meant for us. And right. it's meant for other people who are looking for that inauthenticity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it, it's disingenuous because, it, you know, and then they always want to write them like, hey, girl. And like, yeah, we talk like that. That's our, you know, we when we want to slip into it. But not everybody talks like that. I wasn't raised like that. My parents were like, you will speak the king's English when exactly. you're in this house. You can talk however you want with your friends. But when you're in this house. You will say the T's at the end of at the end of words that have T's and there's no such thing as Ara and there, you know, I mean, you know, they just my parents did not play. But, you know, I I tend to see when I read books written by white people that have a black character, it's like, you know, and they and always there's the word sassy in there, which 
Don't get me started on that. It's always like a sassy. She's a sassy black woman or she, you know, I'm just like. It's very heavy handed in the descriptions and it's very lacking in any other traits other than she was black and she was loud and she was angry in some variation of right that. or she was sassy and she yeah. was you know and she was you know the, the next was role or... right yeah so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah i have very strong opinions about that which is why i do what i do and why i feel like it's so important and why i want to do it and why i like I put so much work and time and effort into it and mm-hmm. why I don't like it when people take it, take it lightly because it's just like, I don't know. Like I've run across a very select few amount of people who are very, who are kind of like this, what you're doing isn't necessary, you know? Don't, and I'm just like, don't believe it. Right. It's like, okay, it's, it's not necessary, but you know, if it's not, you know, go ahead and list off, five books for me right now written by a black author that's not this book this book or this book exactly and they can't do it <laughs> and then they look at me wide-eyed and it's just like ah okay but what mm-hmm. i'm doing isn't necessary great when you can when i can stand in front of you and you can list to me at least five authors like you said without even thinking about it then i'll consider stopping doing my podcast but until then right but the only black authors you've heard of are like Jason Reynolds and Toni Morrison and Angie Thomas and like N.K. Jemison, Octavia Butler. First of all, re- may they rest in peace. Two of those names are no longer living. Um, right. And a lot of the books that made them popular, with the exception of Angie Thomas, most of them weren't even written in the last 10 years. So nope. like, and a lot of them, if we're talking Toni Morrison or Zora Neale Hurston, you read them while you were in high school and somebody made you read them. So mm-hmm. let's like expand our bookshelf <laughs> just a little bit, you know, especially in the realms of, you know, in the realms of romance, in the realms of fantasy, in the realms of horror, in the realms of science fiction. Like it's not just mm-hmm. urban fiction, you know, because so we got that on lock. Right. We got that. Yeah, we do. And I have an urban fiction author who I love, who I'm going to mention. And I love his books. I love his books. Absolutely. 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 But every people think that that's all there is in black writing. And it's like, black people are not monolithic. We have, we are just as diverse as the shades of brown that we come in. And that's what people don't get. Exactly. And that's the thing that, and that, that's, that's kind of my stance on it. It's not necessary to take away from any other books or any other genre. It's just to be like, but we exist in these other spaces as well. Like, right. And that's kind of, I'm not even going to lie, over the last couple of weeks, the kind of thing that's kind of just frustrated me because the overwhelming sense has been like, oh my God, you guys exist here too? I had no idea. And it's just like, we didn't just show up. We've been here. We've been here. Been here. It's just like, like we're, we're, we're like Visa. We're everywhere you want to be. Right? <laughs> you just don't see it. Because no effort is being made to tell you via the marketing and all of that that the white publishers do. Yeah, I think that we're here. I, I think I was on. I want to say I was on Instagram and somebody posted something and I commented and I was just like, "It's amazing what you can see when you can see the world in color." You know, mm-hmm. because it's like so many people before this was like, oh, I don't see color. I only see what's on the inside. No, I need you to see color. I need you to see my yeah. color. 
and I need you to respect it. And it's mm-hmm. amazing the doors and the worlds that open up to you when you find that you can see color and you can see that your bookshelf does not have a lot of it. That's very important. Yeah. Yeah, I had a white woman that told me she couldn't see color one time, and I was just like, that's a shame. So you don't get, like, to see Christmas lights, and you don't get to see, like, (laughs) how pretty the flowers are, and, you know, in the springtime with all the flowers blooming and all of that. That's so sad. I'm so sorry. I usually, I thought it was mostly, it was a male trait when I studied science that, you know, they're colorblind. Wow. She was like, no, no, that's not what I meant. I see color. I just don't see it when it comes to people. I was like, then you don't see me, right? I'm invisible. That's cool. Superpower. And she was like, no, I see you. I was like, you can't because you said you don't see color. And she's like, well, that that's not what I mean. And she just huffed off. And I was just like, oh, whatever, Becky, you know, just I can't. I don't I think sometimes people don't realize the weight of their words and how well-meaning well-meaning sentences come out completely offensive. Yeah, and let's 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 put a qualifier in there that we don't that white people don't realize the weight of their words because they can just say and do what they want and there's no repercussions consequences for them. There's no repercussions. It's just they live in their white world and you know, and then when we cry out and we try and say something, they're like, Oh, but it's not you're overreacting. It's it's it can't be either that or it's like oh, I can't believe you've been going through this. You know, like all the stuff that's going on with George Floyd and everything. I'm like, y'all, this this shit has been happening. The only difference now is that there's the internet and the phones to film it. Right. And to post it. Yes. it this shit ain't nothing new. This is nothing new. This has been going on for centuries. Exactly. And there's actually a new term going around. It's called ally fatigue, where it's like, you now know about all the, the racism and the disparity that has been going on for, I don't know, the last 450 years or so. And now, oh my God, you're so tired, bro. You've only been doing this for like a month. What? Right. Can can buck up, chin up, and keep moving. Right. <laughs> like we yeah. don't get to take a break. We don't get to like. It, it was it was kind of a a, a a I'll say a thing on I want to say BookTube for a while because there were a wow. lot of um, white creators on YouTube who were like, "This is my safe space, and I don't like to talk political things on my channel." And so a lot of black creators were like, this is a human rights issue. This isn't a political thing. And you have a platform, so use it. Use it to speak mm-hmm. up. Use it to say something. Use it to spread awareness. Use it to share resources and things because, you know, you have people listening. You have people watching. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it, was, it was insane. It was insane. And it's like, it really, allies getting tired. I mean, like, okay, you may be tired after a whole entire month of protesting. Think how exhausting this must be for black people who don't get to take a break from it. We live it every day of every minute of every year for generations. It even changes our DNA. So think how exhausted we are. Right. And when we're the ones that are being oppressed by it. And we're still there available to you. We're still available to hear how tired you are. We're still available to tell you where to go to look. We're still available to say, hey, you know, here are our books. Here's our create. Here are, is our art. Here's our happiness. Here's our joy. Here is all right. the rest of us. Like we still exist. We still have to live. We still have to move forward. We don't get to just stop. We don't get to be able to be like, okay, today I'm not going to be black and deal with this. Like right. we don't have that option. So we don't get a break. And it's like, and you, I say you, but still like 
and people still want to approach us and be like, well, where can I, how can I, but I want to do better. I'm so sorry. Like, I am not looking for you personally to apologize to me, Karen. I'm looking for you to do better, to like make your family do better, to raise your kids to be better, to actually use your voice to actually do something. Don't just tweet at me. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, but I'd rather be a silent supporter. Right. Yeah. And, and, and also don't, don't come to me asking me where that Google is your friend. I'm, I'm tired of trying to educate folks. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. And there's so many books like, yeah, and they're in front of you (laughs) and they tell you about them and they're on like literally every reading list right now. So, Mm -hmm. so go read. Don't ask me to, don't ask me, this is not my job to fix what you broke. Educate yourselves and fix your shit because we're not the ones with the problem. Amen. So, and that's that on that. That's that on that. That's that on that. <laughs> okay. So now we're gonna get real. Name one book that you read that was a supposed classic that you were extremely disappointed in, and what book would you replace it with? Jeez, oh, a classic that I read that was mm, you know them classics. <laughs> um. Okay. So. I'm actually going to say, uh, I'm going to say To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Only because, like, I read it and I was so confused about what I was supposed to be getting from it. And then I read it again in high school <laughs> and I was just like, mm, this still ain't hitting right. Um, so if I had to replace it with another classic, I'd probably replace it with. I would probably replace it with their eyes were watching God because that's one of the classics that I read before it was high school reading. And I really just enjoyed the story of it. Um, I don't, I think her name was like Janie. I want to say in the book, I can't remember. I read it a while ago, but I remember her and her, like her last husband in that book. I just loved how happy they were. And it just broke my heart how at the end she had to do what she had to do. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that would be my answer. Yeah. If I had to replace it with another classic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. I, I couldn't stand that book. We, it was required reading that in Diary of Anne Frank and, you know, okay. Yeah. Diary of Anne Frank was great, but how about, could you give me, um, what's it? Um, oh, why am I trying to blank right now? Um, she was a, an enslaved girl and she wrote a journal. I, um, oh, you know what I'm talking about. Now I'm drawing a blank. I've read the book several times and now I can't, I can't think of it. But anyway, uh, but the To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, we, we, we read it in class. We watched the whole thing and it was just like, I was pissed. And my teacher was like, well, why are you so pissed? And I was like, because you have a black man who's on trial for something he didn't do. And you have all these black people that are coming up to this lawyer who unsuccessfully defended him and they're thanking him for doing his job. And they're thanking him in such a way like, oh, thank you so much. We're so, you know, giving him all this food and everything. I'm like, why are you thanking him for doing what he's supposed to do? So, you know, I just, I, I, and I was like, see, y'all think that this is just a story, but for one thing, it's based on the truth it happened in her town. And for two, this is what black people live with every day. This isn't some old thing that just happened. I was like, my father can't drive up the damn street in his Mercedes Benz without the cops pulling him over. Right. 
and it's not even a new Mercedes Benz. And this was in the 80s. And I'm like, oh, incidents in the life of a slave girl. Thank you. My brain just, uh, and I was like, you know, and we read Diary of Anne Frank. I mean, like, why did I not know about incidents in the life of a slave girl until maybe six or seven years ago? Right, though? And that book, to me, is just as powerful, if not more powerful than Anne Frank. Okay, yeah, she was up in an attic for, you know, a few years, but Harriet, an incidents in a life of a slave girl, I think that was her name, she was up in that attic for most of her life. And then you have white people with their white gaze saying, oh, well, you know, I don't know that if this story is actually as true as she says it is the way she wrote it. Why not? You can believe Anne Frank lived up in an attic for all those years, but you can't believe that this woman was a runaway enslaved person and that she lived up in that attic that her grandmother owned just so that she could look through a peephole and be able to watch her children grow up. Right, though. And I guess the thing for me with Anne Frank was, I don't know, it was like we we are taught to forget our own oppression and just like deal with it, but then we have to be taught someone else's. And if when you bring up the Holocaust, it's like, oh my God, that was so terrible. I can't believe. And like, there are still people alive who remember that. And we have to be, we have to honor that and be sensitive to it. But it's like, but then you bring up slavery, like, oh yeah, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about it. What about the black? Well, that's the black Holocaust and way more, you know, the, the, the Holocaust was a rough 10 years. Right. A rough 10 years. And also, please, can we remember that like black people weren't exempt from the Holocaust? Like they were also involved exactly. in that. It wasn't mm-hmm. just Jewish people. Like there were literally all types of people in the camps, but we don't focus mm-hmm. on that. We don't add in that part of the history. That's the part that's kind of like glossed over. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I, I'm a person who's just like, let's just tell the whole story, you know? Right. And like I said, the the Holocaust was a rough ten years. Right. So you're about um, slavery was four hundred years, and then we had the offsets of slavery, sharecropping, Jim Crow, segregation. Black people have only been truly free for what, maybe sixty something years. Maybe truly free, and are we really even truly free? Don't even get me started on that. So we've had sixty something years. Can we talk? After 400 years of a, pre- come on now. I mean, uh, yeah, I understand the Holocaust was rough on y'all, but, and y'all have gotten reparations. Uh-huh. Right though. And you wear it like a badge of honor. A lot of, a lot of you do. And mm-hmm. it's like, but can we talk about like Ruby Bridges and the fact that she's still alive and she was like harassed and threatened every day of her life, had to be escorted by police to go to school. And, you know, mm-hmm. she's, she's not like even that old, you know, like, mm-hmm. can we talk about mm-hmm. that? Or I read on Juneteenth, there was an article uh, posted that was talking about how there are, in some southern states, there are people who were still enslaved in, like, the 70s, the 60s and the 70s. Like, they, people, they were, like, still being, like, tortured, beaten, whipped, worked day and night, had no rights at all. Like, it didn't end for them. And can we just talk about how, like, people don't want to acknowledge that, how, like, plantations, some plantations in the South never stop running? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's a terrifying idea, is it not? That's a terrifying reality. Right. But nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to bring that to the light. Nobody, we want to talk about the Holocaust. And again, that was a rough 10 years, but that wasn't in, uh, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop.
and, and, and can can we talk about can we talk about the plantations that are still going now called prisons? Huh. I mean, huh? Did you know that you know it actually the what is it, the not the not the amendments the, the they're not the Ten Commandments, ma'am. Help me out. The Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you meant. <laughs> you meant <laughs> go ahead sis <laughs> in the constitution it's like in the 13th amendment it's like you're free unless you're in the institution yes. it's just like say that literally say that say it that. says mm-hmm. in the constitution that you are not a free person if you go to prison and some people are like oh well of course not no 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 y'all don't understand like free forced labor like they can do whatever you want they whatever they want your name is removed and you're given a number you're literally a slave you're literally somebody's property and they can do whatever they want to to you and you can't do anything about it and can we talk about how many the fact that like most prisons are made up of african-american men who a lot if not most are wrongfully accused or given extreme Mm -hmm. sentences and how prisons are literal businesses how recently Mm -hmm. there was an article released how in arizona People are, they're passing new laws so they can arrest people because the prisons are mm-hmm. running low on inmates. And so they have to have a reason mm-hmm. to arrest people and send them to prison. Like, that's Thank an you. issue. That's a Thank problem. You. Like, if you need yeah. labor, how about you pay for it? I don't know. There's right. this thing called capitalism right. in America. Maybe use, utilize right. it. I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to take a breath. But it just makes me upset. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm over here sipping my proverbial tea, <laughs> letting you talk because exactly it's that that's you know, but that's we could have a whole nother show about that. We really could. <laughs> so, who is the most overrated author that you just don't understand why other people go so crazy over their books? I feel like you're trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> questions this that's not about black mermaids and i just don't i'm not feeling the hype i'm not for it i will tell you <laughs> quick fast and hurry that that book is not for me if you like it great fantastic i support all black authors i wish them all success but it isn't i don't, I don't i'm not on that hype train okay all right well is there uh is there a non-melanated author that you're just like i don't understand what the hype is um Mm, yeah um okay like Daniel Steele and Sarah Dessen um I love Sarah Dessen as a teenager but those are only books available to me and it's like Mm -hmm. now I'm just kind of like it's literally the same story with different characters you get with different names you guys (laughs) you buy one you bought all of them um Um, same thing with Daniel Steele like again I used to really really enjoy her books as like a young person 
but I remember taking a class and I took a creative mm-hmm. writing class in college my senior year and I had a professor and he just like went in on Daniel Still and ripped like all of her books apart and I was just like Nobody. Okay. And I was like, I couldn't even say anything because it's just okay. like, but where's the lie? I don't. Yeah. Right. All right. Now you're still on the hot seat. Do you know who was the first black person to publish a book of poetry? Phyllis Wheatley. Oh, thank you, girl. All right. You said that <laughs> quick too. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. One for the <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know what? It was crazy. What? You, I learned that from a t- from a cartoon. <laughs> no, you didn't. I, I learned it from a cartoon called Liberty Kids that came out in the morning before school. See, yeah. that's why I call you a baby. It wasn't no shit like that on in the 70s when I was a kid. See what I mean? Yeah. Baby. <laughs> but I love you though. Yeah. <laughs> I did, but I did like I did a project on her in like the seventh grade. I want to say because I had a I had a black English teacher in the seventh grade and Mm -hmm. so for black history month we all had different we had different people of history and no one got Martin Luther King and we were like huh she's like nah y'all know about him y'all gonna continue to learn about him let's learn about some other people yeah for real and I got Phyllis I got Phyllis Wheatley because she knew I like to read and I did a project on her so yeah I knew that okay all right (laughs) all right now y'all we getting ready to get into some really good stuff We are not throwing shade to any authors that we all know and love, but the whole point of my podcast and the whole point of Written and Melanin is to expose y'all to authors that you may not otherwise hear of. And there are a plethora Mm -hmm. of amazing authors out there whose books you might not come across if you didn't know who or what you were looking for. And I'm just about to tell y'all, we are about to add a disrespectful amount of books to your TBR list. So Chelsea, you got your list ready? I do. I do. All right. Let's roll with it. All right. So like do I just like list off the other authors or the books or like how you want to do this? You you can list the the names of the books if you if you know a little bit of what they're about, you can give like a little synopsis about what they're about and 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 the author's name and then what I'm going to do is um I'm going to be nice and put this on my website, on my writing website, and y'all can go there and get the list as a PDF to download. So I'll do that after. But you can list the book, the author, and give a little synopsis if you want. You could just read the list, the book and the author, whatever, however you want to do, baby. I'm okay. here. So, okay, great. Okay. Um, so the first book, the first series of books that I want to throw out there are The Ursula Chronicles. They're by El Penelope. There are like six books in the series and it's all black girl fantasy um it's a fantasy world um elsiria and lagrimar and they're divided by a magical mantle and the main character jasminda she has um what they call an earth earth song and she gets roped into this plan to basically stop a war between the two lands because the mantle is falling and so she goes basically on an adventure with this guy named Jack, who is like, yeah, I know some stuff and we need to go to the Capitol to make sure that this doesn't happen. And it's, I love it. I love it. I have the entire series. The last two books in it are actually coming up. Um, Cry of Metal of Bone and Song of Requiem 
they are coming out later this okay. year and early next year. Amazing. El Penelope. Mm-hmm. I love, I love her. She also has um, short stories. So if you're into like romantic stuff, she has a series of short stories on Amazon called um, the Cupid Guild. It's four stories and it follows the story, like four different couples as there's one Cupid throughout the book who pits these people together and like things kind of go awry because the Cupid is new and it's really cute, really fun. Um, also, she was the next author on my list to read. Um, she was, you did, actually interviewed her earlier. I was listening to her podcast, um, D.L. White. Yes. Uh-huh. I love D.L. Amazing. <laughs> she has so many books available on Amazon and I'm just like, literally mm-hmm. you can pick one and just like get into it mm-hmm. and then, you know, go through all of them. Cause that's my plan. Right. Um, there is also, okay. I'm going to throw this out there because we were talking about it earlier and I know I'm probably m- m- messing up the list. You're going to have to forgive me. <laughs> when we were talking about um, authors and like just the difficulty of publishing, it's like one of the things on, I guess the internets right now is let's like cancel Amazon, but there are so many authors who are published through Amazon. And I'm like, y'all, we can't do that. Like, mm-hmm. let's show them some love instead of right. like trying to like cancel them, but whatever. Right, um, right, right. I say that to say that there are a lot of black romance authors who write on Amazon. One of them being Jay Shari. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have like all, pretty much all of like B-Love publications. Like literally any author published through B-Love publications. Okay. Um, definitely worth taking a look at. You've got Nicole Falls, um, Tay Russ, Bailey West, you've got Bree Wright. All of them have multiple books to their names that you can definitely check out. Um, mm-hmm. I know Nicole Falls. I know her books are a little uh, 18 and up. So okay. keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> there is also uh, Katrina, Katrina Jackson. She has... Mm-hmm a ton of books to check out um what another author that i really really love christina forrest she writes uh ya black romance coming up she has i want to be where you are and her next book um now that i found you comes out august 25th i've read both of them and they are amazing and okay they're cute they're sweet they're cotton candy they're fluff they're black teenagers falling in love in like the most wholesome ways definitely worth oh nice you also have, um, I know that this isn't necessarily like, I don't, I don't know if they have to be like indie published, but also like the Dread Nation. They could be anything, anything, anything. The Dread Nation series by Justina Ireland. <laughs> um, I have both of those. I have not read them yet, but they are on my shelf. Oh my God, you have to read them. So some people don't really like them because the school that Jane and her friend Kate go to is there. It's called Miss mm-hmm. um, Preston School of Combat for Negro Girls and right I did start reading the like very beginning of it yeah yeah I like that film I think it's cool I liked it I really enjoyed um Jane and Kate and everything that they went through um it's for those of you who don't know Dread Nation follows the story of it's set in the 1880s um right after the civil war ends and zombies start rising up and so Jane and Kate are at a school where you learn how to fight zombies and then things just start to go left, <laughs> like way far left. Um, there are mm-hmm, two books, mm-hmm. Dread Nation and Deathless Divide. I've read mm-hmm. both of them. I love both of them. I think they're amazing. That being said. I'm so glad you <laughs> mentioned those. Yay. <laughs> um, also, 
Kingdom of Souls and um, Reaper of Souls, which comes out February of next year. Both of those by Rena Barron. Mm-hmm. Black Girl Magic, literally at its finest. So good. As, since you're a gamer, have you, I have, I also bought it, but haven't read it yet, Slay? I have not read Slay yet. Um, I want okay. to, but see, the way my TBR is set up, it has to go through my husband before I can check out. And um, <laughs> he's kind of like, so we got to like slow down on the book thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's on my TBR. And once I get the green light, I will have a copy. Um, well, I might have to rectify that because I bought this a long time ago and I have so many books. I may have to get your address and just send this one to you so you can read it and let me know how it is. And then I'll just buy another copy. I will. I will definitely read yeah. it. Jeez, oh, I love books. They make me happy. Okay. <laughs> Don't, you know what? You about to get Google all up in our conversation again. You got to watch that happy word. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, what else? What else we got? We don't, what else we got? We also have, of course, um, a song of race and ruin. That one's kind of popular right now. You've got Cinderella is Dead by Kaylin Byron. Okay, that one is coming out. I want to say next month. You have um, Year of the Witching, which is horror, which is also coming out. I want to say Ooh. next month. I want to say. <gasps> Oh, I'm gonna have to get that one for my October shows. Okay. I'm so excited for it to be <laughs> completely honest. Like I am like, I don't even read horror and thriller like that, but I, I want to read it. I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What else we have? Um, You have a queen of gilded horns. That one is uh, a sequel to a river of Royal blood mm-hmm. that is coming out next next year i want to say but a river of royal blood is out now a a queen of gilded horns is coming out next year um you have we are immeasurable by bl mcgrew and oh my god i love this book so freaking much it was my favorite book that i read last year it's about a blind girl named Maisie, and she's in her senior year of high school she's been in high school for the blind for all of all of high school but for senior year she's like i need real life experience so she transfers to a public high school probably not a smart idea but while she's there, she meets this boy named Barnaby and they fall in love. And oh my God, it's so sweet. It's so cute. And it broke my heart. And I yelled at the author and I tell everybody <laughs> to read it because it's amazing. <laughs> and I love it <laughs> so much. <laughs> you also have Maya in the Rising Dark. So if you're looking for more middle grade, that is also by Rena Barron. That is coming up later this year. I want to say in September. And... It also, I think she's already announced the sequel to it too, Maya and the Return of the Godlings. That's okay. also coming, that's coming out next year. If you like Black women making history, you have Antoine Bandele's mm-hmm. by CM Sky. That is okay. out that just recently released. And it's about Sky Pirates, which I think is just amazing. You also have Smash It by Francina, Francina okay. Simone that comes out in September. It's about a high schooler who basically she made not um, a bucket list, but a fuck it list. And so she just runs around doing everything. And of course she gets herself in trouble. What else? What else? What else? Oh, you've got This Is My America by Kim Johnson. So that is supposed to be a little heavier, um, more of a look uh, at America from a young woman, a black, a young black woman's perspective. 
I don't know the full details of it, but I know that it's coming out soon. You also have Witches Steeped in Gold by, I want to say her name is Sienan Spark. I think that's how you say it. Oh my God, that cover. And basically, I, again, I have no idea what it's about, but the tagline mm-hmm. for it is revenge is what keeps them close. And I know it's about two sisters who are witches, and I'm assuming there's some type of revenge involved. That's all I got. Really? Mm. Of course, you have Nettie Okorafor if you like speculative fiction. So um, you have the Binti trilogy. I have read that, and I think it's really, really good. There are three short stories. <laughs> yes, um, I love Binti. I love Binti. I, that was my first time experiencing a book about a Black girl who was... Like, it, she was just intelligent. She was just super smart. And that was who she was. And because you normally mm-hmm. don't get stories like that where your Black girl is just smart and, like, she knows right. she's smart and she embraces it. And everybody mm-hmm. else around her acknowledges also that she is very intelligent and smart. That was, like, right. novel for me. So I loved it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. I love that series. Yeah, But she's also coming out with a new middle grade story called, um, I want to say it's called Nkinga. I want to say is how you say it. Okay. Um, okay. What else? What else? What else? There's so much. There's so many books. And of course you have Jason Reynolds and pretty much anything that he writes. Yeah. <laughs> Black Girl Unlimited by Echo Brown. Mm-hmm. You have Conquest by Celeste Hart. That one just came out. So if you like black girls, you like magic, you like dragons, all of that is in her story. I want to say, if I remember her remembering correctly, it's about princess. She's, but she is engaged to be married to the prince. But she doesn't really like him, so she basically teams up with his assassins, and it's just like, hey, let's get rid of him. But then she gets to know him, and she's like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't do this. And so, like, you have that kind of thing going on. And I was, so. I hear you clicking over there. you clicking through your list. <laughs> if you like thrillers, um, this one's self-published. I haven't read it, but it's called Psychos Anonymous. And okay. basically it is, and that one's by Cedric Wilson. And mm-hmm. it's about a therapist opens up a support, starts a support group for serial killers. And basically five of them are there for help, but one of them is not. Okay. You also have Of Things Unseen. That is by LJ Morgan. Also self-published. I haven't okay. read that one. But if you're into thriller, I know that that one falls up under that mantle. Okay. Let's see here. We also have Dawn of Oblivion by Tio Burnett. Poetry, you have um, We All Need Therapy and Pale by Lamar Neal. So those are his two poetry books that you can definitely check out. Mm-hmm. And you have Soliloquy of an Ice Queen by Liz Flo. And then, of course, I have to mention Portia Dion. How did I not bring her up yet? Oh, okay. Portia Dion, she writes women's fiction, but also erotica. Um, she has her Love Lost series that is available and out now. Um, I want to say she just re- released the third book this year, like a month or two ago. Um, and she also has a new story out called Addiction. Okay. So that is um, about a woman who's like literally addicted to sex. So there's a lot mm-hmm. going on in that book. I know. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds like that's going to be interesting. Right. And then you have um, Kay Blake. She writes contemporary and interracial romance. She has several books out. So definitely worth checking her out. And then you have Tanya Rice. She writes women's fiction and suspense. You have Wiped Out by Tamara Woods. That's self-published, but it's like a cozy mystery. Mm -hmm. You have, who else? Who else? Oh, you have 
not the girl with the louding voice, although that is a very good book that you can also check out. Not Clap When You Land, also a good one to check out. The Girl with the Hazel Eyes by Callie Browning. Also recommend that one. Okay. You can stop me at any point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. I have a few of my own from people I've interviewed on the show, but I want to hear what you have because, I'm like I said, you're going to send me that list and I'm going to put it up on my website because not only for people to read, but these are potential guests from my show if I can manage to get in touch with them. So. Oh, yeah. Um, so you've got The Sound of Stars by Alicia Dow, and that one's about a girl who loves books, a black girl who loves books, <laughs> and she meets an alien because in her world, books are like forbidden. And so mm-hmm. she teams up with the alien who's like in love with uh, um, like with earthling pop culture, I'll, get, I'll say. Mm-hmm. So that one sounds really cool. I want to read that one. That's on my TBR. You have the stars and the blackness between them, which is actually um, a is queer i think queer is the right terminology to use um there are two it's a love story between uh two young women who come from different cultures and basically how Mm -hmm. their bond is stronger than you know the blackness between the stars and i just thought that was Mm -hmm. amazing basically anything Mm -hmm. by nk jemison right yes 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 love nk i even have her new book i haven't read it yet i have it on my kindle like, I have so much to go back and read by her. That's like the beauty of, like, finding series after, like, the hype is worn down because they're done and you're like, ooh, I could read all of them at one time. Right, exactly, exactly. And then, of course, you have your big names. So you have, like, Danielle Clayton and you have The Bells and The Everlasting Rose. You have L.L. McKinney, Blade So Black, A Dream So Dark. I have I have the bells too. So I have so many books that I bought that are just sitting waiting for me to get. The same, <laughs> literally the same. I keep telling my husband, like, look, when the zombie apocalypse happens, I need to have lots of books so that I don't have to ever say I'm going to run out of things to read. That's my justification for it. Right? <laughs> I'm prepared. I'm prepared to be in the house for days at a time. I don't understand what's happening. And now we're in the house for days at a time because of the pandemic. And I'm just like, he was like, what are you going to do now that the library is closed? Because, see, I would buy books, but then I would still go to my library around the corner. I was like, ah, see, I'm not even sweating that because, like, I've got piles and piles of books. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. So there's also Charming as a Verb. That's coming out. Um, I want to... Ben Philippe, I want to say it's his name. And then you have okay. The Voting Booth by Brandy Colbert. That is also coming up. Ooh. And Charming is a Verb, I want to say, follows the story of a dog walker and the girl next to the, next door to the dog that he walks. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> but, he's, but he's supposed to be like super charming and charismatic and girls just like him and she's just like, nah, not falling for that. And then there's the voting booth is basically you have two 18 year olds. They're trying to go vote for the first time. But for whatever reason, the the boy, he cannot vote for whatever reason. So they're kind of like running all over town. And as they're doing so, they're getting to know each other and they fall in love. Cuteness. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've got Get a Life, Chloe Brown. I've heard about that. Have you read that one yet? I have not. But I know that she just released her second book, Take a Hint. Um, yeah i saw that so, it looks like such a cute series it looks cute it really does um it does oh there's also jessica cage i recently just found her on amazon and okay she writes some there's this book that i'm reading now called the sphinx and 
a little backstory about me, probably stuff that you really don't need to know, but I'm gonna tell you anyway because I can. <laughs> I, took, I took Latin in middle school because I had to. And so we had to learn all about like mm-hmm. the Greek gods and stuff. And so uh, Jessica Cage, she basically wrote a series about like these women getting revenge on these fallen gods because they've disgraced them for one reason or another. Wow. And so this is the Sphinx is the first one in the series. And basically this woman, she's beautiful. And one of the gods was in love with her, but basically he wasn't going to be with her. So he cursed her to, you know, be hideous and like she was disgraced right mm. and so now you know in the future greek gods you know ain't nobody worshiping them no more ain't nobody they ain't got that much power so she's like <laughs> the time is nigh let's get them oh shucks that sounds interesting right so that's what i'm kind of i'm reading on and off right now okay not consistently okay. but that's on my tbr <laughs> okay so i think I think that's it. I think I'm going to take a break because I have more, but I have to get to the right list. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now I'm going to add some. So I have an author I'm interviewing Friday, N.D. Brennan, and he has a book called Reciprocal. And that is basically uh, it's flipped if white people were slaves instead of black. And it's like a whole world where instead of black people being the ones that were enslaved, it was white people. So the whole book plays out like that. I'm in the midst of reading it and it's good. Yeah. So then you have, I have Redemption Lost by Mark Avery. And this is a book about a guy named Anthony Porter. And he's this emerging young screenwriter and kind of secretly an alcoholic. And he loses faith in family relationships. And then he meets a girl named Essence who kind of flips his world upside down. And this whole book is like a rip roaring ride. And I'm still mad at the author. <laughs> Mark and I have to, I'm good for dipping in people's DMs and starting arguments with them. <laughs> as, you, as you may have seen on my latest post. <laughs> yeah, I see that. I can see that. I, I would buy it. If somebody told me that I would not call them a liar. <laughs> oh man. So, so Redemption Lost is great. If you want poetry, I have Diary of a Miseducated Baby Mama by Tamika Anthony. If you want sci-fi, I have Syndicate Six. Um, and I read part one, Flight of the Blue Jay by Eric Raymond. I just got a book in the mail today by um, Keith Kareem Williams, and I think his handle on Instagram is Reem After Dark. And this book is called Cursed Immortals, The Tower of the Seven. But I read this brother's book called Hurricane Love, and like he does not, he defies genres. Like he writes some of everything. I think he has over 90 books so far. I think something. That's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Like he's coming on the show in August, I think. Crazy. Um, I have Tea Leaves by Mozzie Kane, and it's kind of a story about these girlfriends and their different lives and, and the drama that they go through and working out their lives together. And then I have Miss Tiff Bella. She is an erotic romance author, and I've read all of her books. She has Outside the Box series. She has Cake. She has Crew Love. She has A Love Made for Me. And I think that's it. I'm probably missing one. Tiff's going to get me. But... <laughs> Her books are amazing, and she's got more coming out. She was actually my very first guest on the show. She's coming back on the show in July because she has a new book coming out. And then another author, which you had on um, your list, I believe, I think I saw it when I was watching one of your live chats, Michelle Mitchell. She's a romance author. Yes. Yes. And I have her book, Truth Is, and I read Kissing Strangers. So she has a bunch of books out. 
Um, another author I had on the show, show, Courtney Marie, Love, Lies, and Blood Ties. Amazing, amazing, amazing book about these two siblings who came here from, um, I think, Africa. I read it a while ago. And just the things that they go through here, like they're, they both just kind of get into this life of crime and they're like cold killers and just their whole life. It's just, and there's some crazy twists and turns that really love lies and blood ties is a reason why it's called that and the twists and turns are ridiculous that book had I read that book in one sitting because I just could not put it down yeah yeah oh I love books like that that just like oh you're just like okay yeah nah I thought I had plans but now I don't no I sat and read the whole thing glued to my seat and then I have my urban fiction author I haven't read urban fiction a long time and this brother got me back into urban fiction but honestly I just like his urban fiction I mean I just love it his name is Jay Cerrone Paper Chase Publications and he has I think five books out right now Suicide Tuesday which is about this gentleman who ex- experiments with Molly and takes you- another one that I oh. sat and read in one sitting and the end will have you like no way and he has um, a political kind of thriller called Hood Politics that is about these two cops who kind of expose this corruption in the law that kind of goes all the way up to the mayor's office. Another one that I sat and read and was just like, oh, my God. And then he has Prodigal Son and he has A Legal Life and A Legal Life too. I like his books because he doesn't glorify being in the streets. His whole mission is to get people to understand, like, look, if you run in in the streets, it's going to end one of two ways. Yeah. You're going to be dead or you're going to be in jail. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of his stuff, he speaks from kind of things he's seen and from life experiences he's had. And I just love the, the I love his, I just love his whole mission, the way that he just is out here to try to educate people. So, and then I have a YA book, Looking Beyond the Ordinary by Janae Thompson. Okay. Oh my God. (laughs) You need to read this one. The stuff that she has these kids going through, because her whole premise is she has books that she doesn't focus on the oppression of black people. She just has normal, everyday teenagers just going through normal shit. And well, but like what? Uh, what Jarrell goes through is anything but normal as far oh my god so many twists and turns in this book and the way it ends it ends on this clip like she and I started arguing again last night she is the author I was talking about on on Instagram when I posted and I was like do not ever tell an author that you love her book because she will screenshot that and bring it back up when you tired her and that's exactly what she did she was like you love me I was like no I don't she was like I have it screenshotted where you said I was like you do not bullshit and did she not just (laughs) she put the picture up in the DM was like see and I was like whatever man you know what she and I be going for it this book was amazing 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 you have to read it you have to read it I have to add it you have I will have you have to add that and then another one you probably want to add is I am by T.H. Moore and it's basically as he describes it it's a shot across the literary bow of America because he basically goes through it's about police brutality but it comes from the standpoint of this couple who's married she's a surgeon Mm. he's a cop And then her godson is killed by the police. And she's the surgeon. She actually, like, tries to save him on the table. It doesn't work. And then there is this vigilante that they don't know who it is who's going around killing cops. Mm. And when I tell you that 
that's all I can say because I don't want to ruin it. But the twists and turns in that book and the the realness of it, like he takes things that actually happen and like, you know, he'll put them in different locations, but you can tell that it's the same thing. So it's kind of like historical fiction and it's so timely for right now for everything we're going through. But it's so refreshing because usually when you read about police brutality, it's like we're killed. And then we march, we protest, and the cops get away with it. If you want to feel vindicated, yeah. like I was actually, it was refreshing reading this book because there's a vigilante who's going around getting these cops, like with no remorse. And I love that. I love that. Yes. Yes. So this is not your typical police brutality where we march, we cry, and the person dies, like, you know, and and nothing. No, no. There is a vigilante who's going around specifically getting all these cops who are killing black people. Baby. I'm yes. going to have that one for sure. Yeah, I am by T.H. Moore. And then I just read Soul of a Night by M.J. Felder, which is a sweeping urban fantasy about this um, this kid who has these powers and he ends up being involved in the battle between good and evil to basically save the earth and it's long but it is so good so good and i just like all the characters are not not just the characters but like the supernatural creatures that he has the technology that's in it it's just just amazing 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 and then there's one that I haven't read yet. It's a horror book by Jean Nicole Rivers, and I have her book to be on the show in October, and it's called Black Water Tales, The Secret Keepers. Ooh. And, yeah, just the, and the, the cover's kind of cool, and I like that. So, um, And then there, if you want crime writers, there's Delia Pitts, who has her Ross Agency mystery series. I think the first one I read was Lost and Found in Harlem. So her series is really great. So just just a ton of books. And like I said, y'all, everybody listening, I know you probably can't write all these books down. So I'm going to put it in a list, in a PDF, and put it on my writing website. And you can just go and download it and print it out. And then you've got a whole list of books to read. Because I, I know I got some extra ones that I want to read now. Right. And um, kind of like I said earlier, the Melanin Library is going to be up and running. It will be a website. The, it'll be at melaninlibrary.com. You'll be able to basically find and search books by Black authors. So like if you're looking for a romance, because the, my life, the way I live, if I'm looking for a romance, mm-hmm. I'm looking for a romance by a Black author. So if you go to Amazon right. and you do that, you have to filter through a lot of different books. The Melanin Library mm-hmm. will be set up so that you can find books by Black authors, sorted by genre, without having to like figure out, is this a Black author or not? They all Black, so have at it. I'm setting that up, and hopefully it'll be live, but this is July, August, September, September at the earliest, October at the latest. Nice. And see, we need to collaborate, because I am actually, when I came up with the title for the show, Read It Black to Me, I actually, my husband was like, go see if that domain is available and it was so I reserved so my goal is I'm going to have a website called readblacktome.com and all of the authors that I interview on my show I'm going to have their books on this site with links to their website so people can go directly to them and buy it from them or go to Amazon or whatever and with the same premise like gonna have it you know sectioned off by genre and people can go there so what I'm gonna do is link to your site as well because I cannot possibly list every book 
And I know I may have stuff that you have that you don't have, and you may have stuff that I don't have. So I'm going to make sure I link to your website so they can go between the two and get all kinds of books. I love it. So like that, that's it. That's what we're going to do because yep. again, our, our purposes align so much and I'm so ready for this. Oh, and if you guys want the daily books um, on Instagram, it's at melanin underscore library. And it's the same thing on Twitter. And I post, okay. It's a book every day. Awesome. Okay. I have to make sure I look that up and, and follow that. Cause that will help me too with my mission. So I can, I'm probably going to end up, don't be getting mad at me when I have people on my show that are people you listed. Cause <laughs> For sure. Um, I have a list of people that I will I will definitely send to you once we finish up here. But um, there are some people that I think would definitely be amazing to be on here because you're amazing. And I'm like having literally the time of my life. So Aww, thank you, baby. I was like, I got you. How many can I do? <laughs> I was like, as many as you want, baby. As many as you want. <laughs> um, a couple others that I wanted to throw out there that I didn't get to mention was um, The Deep by River Solomon. Um, okay. It's about the survivors of pr- the pregnant women who were thrown overboard from the slave ships coming from Africa to America. Wow. Their descendants, and they're basically people now. And they have a basically a keeper of the memories because otherwise it's too painful. And it follows what that is like. Um, wow doesn't she have one I, I i i think she had one that i tried to read um sorry ghost of river of something uh river, i river know Salt. what you're talking about i yeah uh and, and they were like an unkindness of ghosts there you go yeah 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 i read that one a while that was a little difficult for me to follow though i was just i might have to go back to it and read it again i got through it but i was just like huh okay because it threw me because they, you know, they were using their different pronouns and stuff. And it just, it's just, I, I was, I had to read it very slowly. I had to get used to it. So I'm gonna have to go back to that one again. Gotcha. I have, I have started the deep. I got the free sample from Amazon, but Ooh. I am still, like I said, it's in my cart and I'm just waiting for my husband to say that I can buy all the books because I've got like 15 in there and he's just like, so like, which ones do you want right now and which ones can wait? And I'm like, you know, make me pick. So there's <laughs> like, I need them all right now. Do you understand I'm a book addict? Right? <laughs> I don't need help. It's fine. <laughs> um, there's the voice in my head, which is about a girl who loses her sister. And basically she is still hearing her voice in her head. There we go. Um, wow. And then I'm not dying with you tonight, which um, it follows the stories of there's a black girl and a white girl and basically how they see the same experience from their lived perspective. So there's basically a fight that breaks out in their school and they are hiding in the same classroom. And then the situation is supposedly resolved when the police arrived. And it's basically how they first see the fight, how the black girl sees it versus the white girl. And then when the cops arrive, how examines how the white girl feels like, okay, the police are here. Great. I feel safe. It's the fight will be broken up. And the black girl feels more threatened from the arrival of the police. So I thought that was interesting as well. And then the revolution of Birdie Randolph. Hmm know what this is i have no idea what it's about but the cover is amazing <laughs> um it is by brandy colbert so 
also that one. And then the last one, and because I just feel like I should mention them, of course, you have Terry McMillan and Beverly Jenkins because they're just like the GOAT. <gasps> I have everything <laughs> that Beverly Jenkins has written. Oh my gosh. I love her. I even wrote to her and she wrote me back. I was totally. That's amazing. Totally. <laughs> like, yes. I don't have everything, but my mom raised me right. So, like, I definitely have a fair amount from both of them. <laughs> And I love how she puts historical facts in her books. And then at the end of her books, she puts like her books that she read where she got the fact she got the facts from and like gives you, you know, websites and stuff like that. So it's like a history lesson whenever you read her romance. I love Beverly Jenkins. Like that's Auntie Beth. Right. I love her. I follow her on Twitter and I'm just like, she's amazing. I love her so much. She's amazing. 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 Yes. Okay. So I think that's it because like I could legit probably go on forever. Oh, Octavia <laughs> Butler also for sci-fi. She's like the original sci-fi. Of sci-fi. course. Yeah. And yeah. The goat. I have her stuff too. I'm just like, you gotta, on my show. You gotta read her. Um, yeah. There's so much. There's so much. I love books by black authors and that's why I, I am who I am. So. Yeah, like I'm actually getting ready to go through because like I have so many books, it's ridiculous. And I know this sounds horrible, but I'm getting ready to go through and like get all the non-melanated authors off my shelves and box them up and take all my black authors and put them on the bookshelf. And I'll keep the other books, but I'm going to box them up, put them in the garage because I don't have enough room for everything. Mm -hmm. And I just, I need to be... I just need to see my people on my shelves. Oh, yeah. I like I am a cover junkie. So if as long as your book has an amazing cover, I will buy it, um, especially if there are mm-hmm. black girls on the cover, because I love fantasy. Yeah. That is just like my favorite genre. Um, OK. And so like I have the bells and the everlasting rose. Those are on display. Um, I love all of like I said, I love the Ursula Chronicles because, oh, my God, El Penelope is just amazing. Like her world building and her character development. And the story and the romance and this like the suspense and the multiple perspectives, like, oh my god, it's amazing. I love her books. But also the covers are beautiful. <laughs> so yeah. I have mm-hmm. all of them. Like those are the I don't do this a whole lot anymore because like I'm an adult and I understand how money works. So I usually get <laughs> versions <laughs> of books because they're cheaper. <laughs> but I buy the physical right. versions of her books because I'm like, ooh, I need to look at this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing the Kindle thing too, because, you know, since I'm interviewing authors, you know, it's just like, I really don't have any more room. Like we live in a little Cape Cod, so I have to do a lot of Kindle, but it kills me. If something is the, the cover is just off the chain, then I just buy the physical copy. I'm like, I don't care. I need I'm it. With <laughs> <laughs> so same boat. <laughs> Thinking under the weight of how many books we have. Yep. Yeah, right? Like, I need a whole house just to be my library. Honestly, though, like, I, like, Disney Princesses Belle was not necessarily my favorite, but that library mm -hmm. she had, though, that'd be Mm -hmm. great. That'd be great. Maybe Yeah, that library works. Because I have fears of being very... (laughs) 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 No, the two-story library was kind of (laughs) dope. You are so funny. Oh, I cannot with you. I'm just, I'm I'm just saying, I'm like, that's, you. like, my worst fear. I was like, I'm climbing a ladder to go get a book down. I'm in my happy place. And then all of a sudden, the ladder goes down, I go down, bookshelf goes down, and I'm just like, oh, okay. Mother in the bookshelf. Great. That's how I went out. That's how she died. 
Okay. But I mean, it's fitting if you're a book lover, there are worse ways you could die. There are also better ways. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. It could be worse. (laughs) I'm just real mad that you just, just went left with that. Like, we, I'm in my library fantasy and you're like yeah but you can fall off the ladder the ladder could break and you can get smushed by books like why did you even have to ruin my fantasy like that I don't I understand I'm sorry <laughs> so at least with a Kindle you're not going to get smushed <laughs> I mean positives positives I, I'm just saying, you could have just stayed positive with the Bell Library. We just went completely tragic. Like, I, I don't. My I bad. should. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. I'm sorry. But that scene okay. in the beginning of the movie where she's just swinging on the ladder and the librarian is just looking at her, I was just like, nah, homie, I ain't going to do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm Chelsea. stopped. I'm you good. Play- I promise. Chelsea. <laughs> see y'all this is the kind of people I deal with and y'all wonder why I be tripping on on Instagram and like posting stuff like look these authors be having me tripping this is why you see you see what they do to me uh-huh okay anyway we're about to wrap up the show now. So why don't you tell our readers where they can find you on social media, everything, everything. Tell them where they can find you. Okay. So you can always find me at Written and Melanin. So that's written, R-I-T-T-E-N, the capital letter N, and then Melanin, M-E-L-A-N-I-N. I'm there on Instagram and Twitter at that handle. Also, like I said, at the Melanin Library, Melanin underscore library. That's the new platform where you can get a book by a Black author in your feed every day. Um, you can also check out the Written and Melanin website. We do book reviews. Um, you can also check out the news about uh, my upcoming books, as well as what's happening with Written and Melanin Publishing. There's a newsletter if you're into that. We have a Patreon as well. If you guys are interested in supporting books by Black authors, you we do a lot of stuff with that, but I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and there's also the YouTube channel. So if you search Written and Melanin on YouTube, we are there. We do the Melanin chat every week. There are also author interviews. There's also book discussions. There are also spoilery reviews with the authors um, called Behind the Cover. You can also get a conglomerate of books called The Melanin Spotlight, where you can find books by Black authors, traditionally self and indie published. And I think that is everything. And oh, and if you're a writer, Black writer. Mm-hmm clarify that then we do have a we do have the melanin network where we talk about books and writing kind of like i call it off camera so it's very just genuine and candid and we network together we work together we lift each other up to try to get our books out and just you know be successful in this industry that is not necessarily built for us um and like i said earlier the patreon goes to supporting all of that and making that happen because you know stuff ain't free yeah, I need to know where this, where, where's the um the one for the writers? What's that? Because I, I need to be a part of that one. Oh. Or do you have to be a Patreon to be a part of that? No. So it is actually invitation only. So if you're interested, you can um just, just let me know. And I will send you the invite. Mostly because I am who I am. And I know that there are people in the world who are not <laughs> genuinely aligned with what we are trying to do. So, but yeah, okay. I will... Well, send send that to me because I, I got be you. part of that. I'll send it to you. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Yay. Oh. All Sorry. right. Well, oh, and me personally, if you guys just want to follow me, um, I'm C Lockhart Wright on Instagram and Twitter. C Lockhart Wright. Is that right with W R I G H T? Um, right. W R I T E. So C oh, is in Chelsea right. Lockhart. Duh. And then Wright. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Duh. Yeah, my bad. No, you're good. <laughs> That's, I mean, English, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I blame it on the menopause brain. I told you, it's, I'm, it's hot. It's hot. Even with the air conditioning on, I'm hot. It's fine. It's only because I have a very generic name and Chelsea Lockhart was taken. So, yeah, on every platform. I got every version of my name, of my whole government wow. name was taken. Really? Oh, yes. my goodness. With hyphens, periods, weird spacing. Like, I could not get my government name for the life Wow. Life. That's crazy. That's it crazy. It is what it is. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. So, Miss Chelsea, thank you so much for sharing your time and your talents and your publishing company and your book lists with us today. You are so very much needed. I am so looking forward to collaborating with you because our missions are so, so similar. I'm just geeked that there's somebody else out there that I can do this with. So thank you for being here t today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Like, I am so genuinely pleased to just be on here and have been able to talk to you. <laughs> and thank you for, like, your time and reaching out to me and, like, all of it. Because genuinely, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You are amazing, and I support what you're doing 100%. And I'm looking forward to collaborating with you and being a part of everything that's coming. Because I know great things are coming. I'm like... I'm stoked, ma'am. And I usually don't use that word because it doesn't apply to my vocabulary. But like, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm ready. I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. This is going to be amazing. Absolutely. I'm, Absolutely. Yes. yes. A lot of yes. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And booze and bros, I'm going to leave you with a quote from my all-time favorite writer, Langston Hughes. And he says, we Negro writers, just by being black, have been on the blacklist all our lives. Censorship for us begins at the color line. Until next time, booze and bros, grab a book and read, and I'm out. You've been listening to Between the Reads. I'm your host, Audra Russell. Thanks for tuning in. This week's episode was brought to you by loyal Patreon supporters, romance author D.L. White, whose books you can find at booksbydlwhite.com, Xanthine's All Natural Products, which you can find at xanthines.com, that's X-A-N-T-H-I-N-E-S.com, and by The Ultimate in Urban Literature, Paper Chase Publications, which you can find at paperchasepublications.com. Tune in next week for another great episode.